Hi, and welcome to Matt Holman Talks Mental Health, the podcast where I have the opportunity to catch up and talk to amazing humans about their experiences with mental health. Today, I'm so happy to introduce this conversation, Alice. Welcome, Alice. Thanks, Matt. Hi. Hi, welcome. Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to have you on the podcast. I do want to just put out a warning at the beginning of this. Alice and I will be talking about some pretty difficult subjects. Um, and if you are listening, please do make sure you take care of yourself. We will be talking about suicide in this episode. So please do take care, look after yourself. And if you need a break, take a break, please. Um, so Alice, I will do a very brief introduction to you um, from my perspective, because as everybody who listens to this knows, uh, I'm really into this conversation of mental health. It's something that I'm really passionate about through personal experiences, and I know you are too. Alice and I were introduced uh, by a mutual connection by another episode of the podcast uh, through Alistair Deard, and he introduced me to Alice. And you know what, once I started to look into what was going on and who Alice was, it was just perfect to have as a guest to this uh, discussion. So Alice, I'm not going to steal your thunder. I'm going to let you do all your introduction because you're an amazing human and welcome. Thanks, Matt. So um, it's great to be on the podcast. Thank you very much for, for having me. My um, name is obviously Alice Hendy. I um, have a background in IT and cybersecurity. Um, and really, I guess the, the whole essence of, of why I'm involved and interested in mental health and trying to make a difference is because unfortunately I lost my only sibling my brother Josh to suicide on the 25th of November of 2020 so it's still very raw um, it was uh, 11 weeks ago yesterday actually um, and a lot of what I'm trying to do at the moment is to, to raise awareness of mental health um, making sure that people are looking after themselves but also to really create more of a, an intervention particularly from an online perspective um, in terms of uh, improving the mental health services that are available to people following harmful online searches. Brilliant. Well, thank you for sharing that openly at the beginning as well. And, and Ripple Suicide Prevention, we'll talk about it as, you know, as we go through this conversation. And, and I know you do share your story and, you know, you've written about it in your own blogs and personal writings and, and so on. So for anybody listening, if you do want to find out more, um, I'm sure there's, there's a way and a means and a pathway to do that. But Alice Hendy is the name. Um, you'll see it in all the links that are attached to this as well. But let's talk about mental health then. So the big question is the journey with mental health. Now, as I always say, you define what that means to you. But it'd be great to have some insights and some story from yourself. Yeah, sure. Um, so with regards to mental health from from my perspective personally, um, I was on a bit of a a journey with that really in, in 2020. So it unfortunately ended um with a bang with with my brother um with, with regards to, to his um his choice to, to take his own life. But I'd had a tough year already, really, um, in 2020. So lots of life changes, um, a divorce, a selling of a house, um, a diagnosis of uh, a very rare um, genetic uh, disease, um, which affects one in 100,000 people. So lucky me, um, amongst other things as well. So it was it was already a quite a tough year um, and obviously ended with with what my brother um, did. So my mental health really, really suffered last year, um, very badly. Um, I did, I did still manage to, to kind of function from a, a work perspective. Um, but you know, there were days absolutely where I would struggle to even do basic tasks like get out of bed or get dressed or make myself a cup of coffee. Um, just the, the real kind of necessities of life were, were a struggle for me. 
um, to do. And then that really came to a, a front really when, when November happened with Josh mm -hmm. and I'm very much on my own mental health journey now um, to really try and rebuild what, what's happened over the last year as, as a whole, really. Um, and of course, to top it all off, I can't spend any time with friends and family because of the pandemic, um, which I know impacts everybody. So it's, it's tough. Um, I've got the, the kind of support that I, that I need and, and that's, um, that's helping me out, you know, counseling. Uh, I've got a fantastic network of friends and family that around me that I can call. Yeah. Um, and actually the community that I've kind of established on, on LinkedIn has, has been really wonderful as well. There's some lovely people um, around who have also provided some support to me. Wow. Yeah. You know, this last year for you, as you say, has just been, yeah, one that I'm sure you would like to forget or do at least wipe out of the memory banks. Definitely. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's uh, it was one of those where you, you, you kind of question what else, what else could, <laughs> Uh, and how much more can can one person have thrown at them really yeah. but I think I'm just trying to look now as a, at a positive that things can only get better yeah well I'm, you know you I don't think you can get too much worse from where you've 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 sort of outlined on that and with the pandemic and the lockdowns and the restrictions and everything else you know you've touched on some so, so many relevant points of you know that everybody's connecting to at the moment and and of course having that sort of that event with your brother it's I, I yeah I, I'm lost for words really in terms of what I could say to make it better and how how have you found the reactions from from the communities and the people that you've spoken to about that event um that's an interesting question I think on the whole people just don't know what to say yep they just don't know what to say about something like this because there is nothing as you've said there is nothing really that can be said to make it better and I think it's the shock. Um, I think it's the, an aspect of, of complete and utter disbelief as to what's happened. Mm. Um, and people are just very, very sad. Um, you know, they've been extremely supportive to me and my parents, who are obviously living this nightmare uh, day in, day out. Yeah. And we're very lucky to have those, those people, um, you know, around us and in our lives to try to support us. Um, but it's it's a struggle. I think people tend to think they need to be walking on eggshells around us a little bit because we're quite vulnerable. Right. Um, and the slightest thing can can have an impact on us. You know, we, we seem to be having a, a thing at the moment, me and my parents, where every program that we seem to watch has some kind of reference. And a connection to what we've gone through. Right. Um, and we're finding that really tough. And we we all looked at each other last night and, and just sat there and thought, God, you know, we just can't get away from this. We just yeah. cannot get away from it. It just seems that everything around us reminds us of the event, really. Yeah. Um, and that's a struggle. So I'm hoping that eases and gets a little bit better with time. Mm -hmm. But at the moment, it's it's very raw and it's um yeah. it's tough. And, you know, and as you said at the beginning and, and, you know, so thankful for you to be talking to to me about this and to anybody that's listening as well. This was only 11 weeks ago, wasn't it? And it's it's still very close to the event itself. It is. Um, yeah. 11 weeks is. That's not long. Really, is it? Um, and in many ways, it feels like yesterday. Yeah. And in some ways, it feels like years ago. Um, and of course, you know, it, it, it's 
also a case of sorting out all of the the things that you have to do following the the death of a loved one yeah which with you know to to, to no detriment to my parents um i've had to do mm. so a lot of that has fallen on my shoulders um you know and you're kind of putting together pieces of the, the jigsaw if you like in terms of josh's life and and what was happening in his life yeah. in the lead up to the event which has also actually been quite disturbing right. um and hard and really hard to deal with you know that the amount of phone calls that i've made to all of the you know insurance companies dvla all of the different banks payday loans um you know it was just relentless I, i've made hundreds and hundreds of calls in the last 11 weeks to try and sort everything out and yeah. that has also taken its toll you know yeah and that's all whilst you're trying to grieve and to go through you know and process all these things that are going on and the thoughts did yes it is yeah so it's it's for me personally trying to grieve um myself but also to yeah. try and support my parents who understandably are broken to be honest with you mm. um and obviously try and set up a charity as well <laughs> so I've, I've kept myself busy um yeah. but yeah i'm still very much grieving and still very much processing what's happened and i think i will be for a long time yeah and often, well i could I can only imagine, but the impact's going to be there forever. You know, it, it oh will, yeah, it, yeah. It, it will hopefully become easier to to think, you know, positively about what's what's happened in the future at some point. But right now, it's raw. It's 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 recent, isn't it? Did you yeah. are you are you okay to talk a little bit about what happened? Are you okay in terms of yeah yeah sort of yeah. what? Did you see any signs? This is the big thing, you know, that people struggle with is were there any signs, warnings? really anything that you would have seen? yes is the answer okay. to that um so josh had struggled with his mental health mm -hmm. um and made it quite apparent that he had been he, he was struggling with his mental health um he was on medication he was going through counseling okay. he was under review by um the local uh mental health team uh, run by the NHS. Um, he had some amazing, amazing friends around him, of which I have, you know, seen some of the supportive messages myself after going through things like his phone. Yeah. They, they were always there for him um, at any at any point. He had a family that loved him beyond belief. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. We we you know, as brothers and sisters do, <laughs> we we had some tough times. We really did. You know, he, he made decisions that I didn't agree with. Yeah. Um, and, you know, being the person that I am, unfortunately, I told him how it was um, <laughs> and I was honest with him. But, mm. you know, that was because I loved him and because I wanted what was best for him. Um, it was never a case of me just getting on him. You know, if there was something that went wrong, I wanted to make him learn from that so that it didn't happen again in, in the future. Um, and I just wanted what was best for him, as older sisters do. Um, and it was the same kind of relationship with my parents as well. So he did have, you know, warning signs. He actually was, the last time I, I met up with him, I, I bought him a drink down the local pub and he was actually very, very blasé about attempting to take his own life, basically. Okay. 
So, you know, he said, oh, how are you? How are you doing? Because he knew that I was going through a tough time. I just got my divorce through. I just moved back in with my parents. Um, and he was asking, you know, how, how I was. And I was telling him and I said, right, and how are you? You know, how's work? What's going on? And he was very, very blasé in the fact that he said, you know, yeah, I'm fine, but I tried to take my own life last week. But other than that, I'm fine. Oh. And, it, and it was just very, you know, like it wasn't really a big deal to him. Mm. And I was obviously horrified at that and said, Josh, what, what are you talking about? And he was telling me that he'd made an attempt on his life uh, via uh, an overdose. Right. So, I mean, it really took me by surprise. And I immediately gave him links and support to mental health you know networks to help him and I said you know call me at any time yeah okay yeah well that's fine you know and you know clearly it got it got progressively worse but just 11 days before he did it um he told my parents he was the happiest he's ever been really right you know so there was a big there's a big clearly a big cover-up really with 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 much of it but yeah Am I surprised? No. Was there a point where it could have changed, do you think? What could have changed to support him differently or? You know, Matt, I don't think there, there, there was. No. I really don't think there was. I think he was intent, just absolutely intent on doing it. Right. Uh, no matter how much support and love and advice and guidance was given to him by so, so many people that I've read with my own eyes. Yep. He just, just wouldn't take it and was set on his decision, basically. Mm. Um, and it was very planned. It was, was very, it? very well thought out and well planned, which shows me that he was absolutely set on his decision. That's, a, that's, that's difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, it's that held, can we stop somebody at that point from taking that option, which is a very final option, you know, there is nothing else, is there? No, that's it. And I think, you know, with regards to, to Ripple, you know, it became apparent that, that Josh had been researching ways and means to take his own life yep. in quite, quite a significant level of detail, actually. Right. Um, online and because obviously that's my kind of area of expertise I wanted to explore what what came up on you know search engines and so on when you actually search for things of that nature yeah. and what comes up to be quite frank is not enough mm -hmm. it's nowhere near enough um, you know it's got a Samaritan's helpline number that comes up right at the top okay great but it's in black and white it's not particularly very eye-catching for somebody who's in crisis mode and it can easily be scrolled past. Um, and the other big part of this is that there is no alternatives to the phone, the phone call, the phone line. Yep. What about people who want to text or web chat or download an app? You know, there, there, there's no that there's no um, signposting to those amazing charities that provide that. Mm. Um and so I do, I do sit here and, you know, of course, when something happens like this, you're always thinking, what if, what if I could, yeah. have, done, I could have done this, I should have done that. Um, <clears throat> but I do think, you know, if Josh was given a bit more of an option and a choice 
online with regards to the support available to him, you know, would he potentially have taken it? I don't know. And unfortunately, I'm never going to know the answer to that. No. Um, but what I can do is make that change so that other people can get that help and that other families don't experience what we're currently going through. Yeah. Well, I just I find it incredible, you know, the the energy that you're able to to give to this sort of thought that says, right, I need to do something to try and as some part of this process that people go through, you know, to try and support people at any point that I can. And this point, of course, from your background experience within cyber and security and things like that, you know, you're, you're the perfect person to, to understand what that looks like. Um, and so let's talk about that then. So Ripple is formed off the back of, you know, the tragedy and loss of your brother. So, so what have you been doing? So, so let's talk about sort of the thoughts that you had around what that could deliver and give support to people. Yeah, um, so it really was that interception, really, and providing yeah. that that range of different um, mental health support options immediately when mm -hmm. people are searching for harmful content online. But really importantly, making it visible before the search results are actually presented to them. Okay. So people have to physically click off of it to see mm -hmm. the search results, which at the moment doesn't exist. So it's much more... <clears throat> really of an interception between a search and then the results being viewed, yep. which I think will have a huge, huge difference. And it's obviously a, a, a real push and a promotion of the amazing mental health charities that exist in this country that aren't really being promoted as much as they should be yeah. um, to provide users with more of a choice as to what works best for them with regards to their mental health. Yeah. Um, you know, Samaritan's number is great, but it just isn't enough anymore. Um, and more needs to be done. So I've set up this charity, um, I guess, in about six weeks. Um, I said to you before we came came on the recording, I've created a monster. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect anywhere near the amount of traction that this has got. It's quite overwhelming, actually. Um, and it has almost been a bit of a full-time job for me, um, yeah. to be quite honest with you most of the legwork has now been done and therefore it's it's now really a case of me just continuing to have really in-depth meaningful conversations with technology companies mental health charities and so on to actually get them to to implement this um so i've managed to get in for a, a meeting with google um and and samaritans as well who obviously have that relationship with google already um everybody's just been so receptive and and actually really supportive of what I'm trying to do because there's a real need for this yep. and it really is a bit, a bit of a no-brainer um, and I often sit there and think god you know why hasn't this been done before it's such a simple idea and I don't understand why it wasn't implemented years ago um I you feel like ideas I, why that might be though um any thoughts why that might not have been done I think I think if I've got to be careful here, haven't I? I think I think if <laughs> yeah. I'm honest, um, a lot of the the kind of tech companies uh, mentioning no names have been very precious about keeping hold of their services without collaborating. Right. And I think that is now starting to change, and okay. that's starting to change because governments are now are now really coming down quite heavy on tech companies yep. we've got the online harms 
paper, which is um, which has come out, which is very relevant. Yep. Samaritans have also come out with a list of recommendations that they believe um, should be implemented. Yep. Um, of which, by the way, Ripple fully aligns uh, with with those recommendations. So I've actually provided a a solution to their recommendation. Brilliant. Yep. Um, and I think now they're they're almost being forced into into having to collaborate and make a change because there needs to be one Brilliant. and it needs to be a dramatic one. Yep. And so so do you see or foresee anybody that wouldn't support this? Who do we need to chase after to to make sure they get on board? Um, all of the search engines okay. need yep. to get on board, all of them. Yeah. Um, internet service providers need to get on board. So whoever you have your broadband with, yep. please get them to talk to me. Um, this is a plea to everybody out there. It, it is. Right? It, this is, is a, it is. What's the wish list that we need to get to to get this implemented? Because it needs if to happen. We can, well, yeah. And if we if we all push for it, then. We, we might get somewhere, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the other one to to um, to push is actually for the, the browsers as well. Yeah. So uh, whatever browser you use to go online, I think that's that's also another way in as well. Mm -hmm. um, so they're really my, on my my hit list, if you like, at the moment. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm going after all of them um, on a on a daily basis at the moment. And as I said to you before we came on, I'm. Uh, I'm not stopping until they they implement this, however long it takes. Yeah, well, that's that, and that, and you know, that's to be commended and applauded. Is is you know, let's get after this and make sure this sort of gets implemented into the system. I just want to just touch a little bit in terms of the sort of the technicality of one piece, which is fascinating for me, which I'm sure people listening would like to know. So, so what words would trigger this pop thing that would come up and block yeah. whatever you're trying to see what sort of words would you envisage would be yeah okay so, words? so it already has this functionality actually in place already okay. so if any any terms were um searched for in google that relate to anything really to do with self-harm or suicide okay and that could be things like questions phrases mm -hmm. Um, sentence so then the Samaritan's number okay. um, is presented at the top search results yep. so they already have functionality there mm -hmm. um, and my my proposal is that essentially what currently exists is being replaced with something more forceful that can't yep. be scrolled past so you know we're, we're talking about you know look if we if we if we give the the example of my brother mm. it would be things like how to tie a noose right yeah as an example yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, there's unfortunately many different ways that people research and yep. techniques that people research. And therefore, the tool would flag up if any of those terms or phrases are um, are searched for. Right. OK. Yep. And would that sort of build a profile then of different ways that people would ask things? Is that how that would work? I'm not a technical person, by the way, as as you can probably tell from the way I asked the question. Um yeah, but, you know, no, the, the answer is yes, basically. Okay. So um, in terms of the, the, the kind of data that I'd be able to capture from this tool, yeah. um, it's really important for me to kind of get out there that there would be no personally identifiable information captured here whatsoever. Yeah. Because it's a very, very personal topic. Yep. Um, and it just it just would go against everything that I'm trying to do sure yeah so the only information really that i'm interested in capturing is 
what's being searched for. Yep. Um, and if you like the popularity of those searches, yeah. which will inform mental health organizations and charities in terms of how they're going to tailor their content accordingly, actually, from that. Right. Um, how many people have clicked on each of the charity partner buttons? So is text more more um, preferable than calling? Is calling more preferable than the web chat? Um, how many people have clicked on the, the downloading of an app? or mm. accessing resources and that's really important to see as well because we'd be able to actually then determine what ways people prefer to communicate to, to yeah. seek mental health support which yeah. is really really useful mm. um i do also have a, a part of the tool at the bottom right which says continue to search results mm-hmm. and as much as that pains me I have to include that in there because sure. unfortunately there are always going to be individuals who are intent on looking at this stuff. Yep. Um, and, and therefore I can't, I can't interfere with their free will. You know, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to provide more of a choice and an intervention before they get there. Mm. Um, and also provide a message of hope, which is really prominent on the top of my tool as well. Okay. It's a message of hope and encouragement, um, which again, currently doesn't exist. Yeah, that's well, I, I, it sounds incredible when it just sounds like, you know, you're right, you can't stop people from doing the search. But if you can at least, you know, engage with somebody at a point where maybe they don't realize there's options or they don't. And that's one of the things when I talk about mental health with people training, you know, we, we, we always assume the options are really limited. There's not many people that will talk to me. I need to see a doctor. Yeah. Need, and, it, and it's not yeah. true. There's so many resources available, right? There's so many. And um you know, I'm very lucky in the fact that I've got some really well-known charities that have now officially come on board with me Brilliant. for this. So Calm, the campaign against living miserably, yeah. um, they've come on board. So for their web chat service, they're on the tool. Young yeah. Minds have come on board for their messenger, messenger service. Yeah. Um, I've got Grassroots suicide prevention they've come aboard they're a huge one yeah. um, and they've got the stay alive app which is brilliant um, and jacob's one million lives tool as well which is almost like a uh, a self-check-in tool and it comes up with a bit of a dashboard at the end okay uh, so four big ones there mm. yeah. um, and i'm obviously liaising at the moment on a, on a regular basis with the likes of uh samaritans papyrus shout yeah and so on so the aim is that all of them get on there eventually um but yeah conversations ongoing but i'm pleased with the progress it's made so far yeah brilliant and and all of those charities that you've outlined have a wonderful sort of support service that they provide to people and and it is reminding people that it's not just about samaritans and a doctor it's about many organizations that exist today for exactly that purpose how global is it how could we evolve that globally is it straightforward Good question. Um, so to make it global, um, it is absolutely doable, but mm-hmm. we would have to um, have some kind of functionality in the back end of the tool, which picks up the user's location. Yep. And the reason for that is um, based on their location would determine what mental health charities are presented yeah. on the tool. Yeah. Um, I have um, received interest actually from other countries to roll this out. So the US have been in, are, are interested and um, Australia, yep. Japan, who have a serious issue with suicide. Yep. Um, and the Netherlands. Okay. Actually, so have all have all expressed an interest of rolling out the tool in their country. 
countries. So I'm also trying to um, to work with you know international um, mental health charities as well in order to get it get it out there. But obviously at the moment my focus is on the UK. Yeah. Um, I'd like to get it rolling out here first and then you know perhaps it might be easier um to roll it out globally but the the language barriers are proving to be um quite entertaining at the moment for me i can imagine yeah you know i have people listening to this from all over the world who have been on this broadcast as well so if anybody could encourage their local resources or their local governments to get involved please do yeah, yeah please you know suicide is a global issue and that's a reality right Eight hundred thousand people a year tragically end their life through suicide which means we all have a role to play in supporting this um alice we're coming towards the end of this and i just i want to just keep talking to you because you're such a fascinating character and of course you've got an amazing story that you're telling um so final thoughts really you know send i i'd love to think you you've got a message you can share with people just to sort of think about things a little bit differently or or provide some support or hope you know in terms of what you're doing and i just i applaud you i love everything you're doing and i just want you to be a success with all of this you know i'll be there to support along the way too so alice final thoughts thanks matt yeah um i think really my final thoughts are there are always support um, there's always support available, yeah. um, however bad it gets, however bad it gets. Um, and there's always a, a way to improve your situation. Um, so utilize what amazing charities there are out there. Utilize your friends and your family who all love you um, and you'll get through it. Yeah. Lovely words. Um, and for everybody listening, you know, I hope you've managed to stay with the conversation because it does have hope in it as well. You know, there are ways we can help support each other better. Um, Alice has told her story, which unfortunately has tragedy in there. And it's such a horrible thought that you've had to go through this experience to to bring you to where you are now. And and I wish you all the very best for you and your parents, you know, all the very best and send lots of love and, and energy towards you, you know, to, to, to get through these challenging days. If anybody is struggling, if you do need extra support and help, of course, there are many organisations we've talked about so many on the you know during this this recording uh samaritans of course if you do need some some urgent support and help always there pick up the phone 116123 um if you do need extra help but there's lots of other organizations too no you're not alone i think that's the most important message we can send as well somebody cares we all care actually about other humans when they're suffering um so that's it. That's the end of this recording. Alice, you're an amazing human. I send you so much love and energy to you and your family and, and wish you all the very best with Ripple. Ripple Suicide Prevention. Please, everybody, get behind it, support it, follow it, whatever it is that you can do to, to raise the noise. But let's get some more help and support out there for those who are struggling. Thank you so much. Thanks, Matt.